Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matty Peverell with Marky D, as always. How you doing, Marky D? I'm doing very well. Did you do your homework this week and listen to Toto uh, you know, bring the reins down from Africa? <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Now nah, I listened to it five times when we were listening to it off air after the show last week. So, you know. Um, oh, Oh, but man. happy Saturday to you. Happy know, right? Friday evening to everyone listening in the live right now on YouTube and Facebook. Um, hopefully you're going to stick around for Tony Duffio's show later on too. Six pack with Tony. Um, and you know, if you're listening to this on the audio side, well, you know, and not live, um, well, we just hope you're having a good day or evening or whatever time it is. Um, but good to see a few people in live chat. Daredevil first, as always. Darkstorm's back. Um, you know, Eric Askew, good follow of us on Twitter as well. But yeah, Marky, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. I absolutely love this. I love podcasting. I love talking about the Steelers. I love talking about number 46, Christian Kunz. I can't pronounce that on, on that on that online, Daredevil, but that, that's okay. It's fine because we're allowed to. But I love everything to do with it. You know what I love about, uh, I'm in a loving mood today. Do you know what I love about the Steelers and what the time is right now? It is September like coming up, and it's coming into spring in Australia. It's getting warmer. We're getting out of winter. And when you get that spring feeling in the air, you start smelling all the roses and the trees and the birds are chirping. You're like, football's around the corner, and I get to wake up at 3 a.m. to watch football. And I can't wait. I, I can't wait for this game to be over, to be, you know, to be honest. like the, the, the lines be over. Find out the quarterback. Find out the 53. And then let's move on. And we have the Bengals coming up because we haven't really talked about the Bengals too much, but we have the 11 days in between that time to do so. And the Steelers, there is O-line problems. There's problems at middle linebacker. However, football is back. It's coming back and it's the best time of year right now. Uh, pardon me there. I'm just taking a sip of water. Um, yeah, no, it's good. It's good to be back. I, I think I'm... I'm not looking to 3 a.m. wake-ups, but you know me anyway. I sleep through – I wait for an extra hour and then I can skip through all the, you know, half-times and ad breaks and all the rest of it and then I can catch up. Pro- the probably the best month. course to do that. Turn your phone off and then you'll, you'll be right back into it, you know? You know, I got I, stuck I, the I other week with one of the preseason games. Which game was it? it? was the last week, I think, against the Jags. I just got caught doing things and I was like, you know, oh, no, it's like half an hour. I've missed half an hour of the thing. Mate, I caught up so quickly by the time I fast yeah. through, like people running out for the kick and like this timeout and like that. Like, it, it's yeah. it's beneficial if you shut the world off and you, you're not getting any because I don't want to know the score. But if you can shut the world off and not know the score, uh, taping that game like three hours later is is would be great to do. You know, I guess a lot of guys from BTSC can't do that because they got to write the you know the report straight away and be reactionary to the comments. But if if you're a fan. Uh, that can can do that. I would do that. Save time with, uh, save time with the ads. The ads are terrible. I've never seen that many in a in a in a, in a TV program. Yeah, I mean, and I want to bring up two live chats in a, in a moment there. But yeah, and I, I think this funny though. Last season there were times when oh, I was like, oh, I'm just going to sleep an extra couple of hours. I don't have work today, or I can start later, or whatever. And then I kind of. I'd wake up anyway because I'm like, damn, I want to experience yeah. it with the Steelers family. <laughs> but that's a good segue because on Facebook, William says, great job from Australia, NY Steelers fan here. Um, awesome. Awesome to have a Steelers fan in New York repping the team. And I, this is pretty This is pretty nice from Ken Boyle. He's like, hello, down under Yinzins. 
Now that's a, I think that's a bit of an yeah, honor to that, be called that by someone that's a, it know, is a, probably a Pittsburgh native native for us to be like that. But you know, Australians can be quite we're quite injury in many ways, actually. Um, I, I reckon our accent is very similar to the Pittsburgh accent. You can't, understand but not even that accent. I mean that attitude, right? Oh, like, okay. Uh, you know, but <laughs> you're, you're like you're like totally things are totally separate to me. <laughs> no, I thought I, I thought like when I was over there. Like down downtown, like they got that kind of accent. We got that kind of, I don't know, down under. I don't know. It's keep doing yinza. Keep doing yinza, mate. What downtown? Yeah, yeah. Yinz yeah. hidden downtown. I, I also should say, you know, we got Nashville, Tennessee here from Reginald Rivers. He's in the chat too. So you know, there we go. Are you, is this the the pop culture show? Who's bigger, this, Margot? I don't Robbie? know. Maybe Yankees fans in here. Who's bigger, Margot Rob, Robbie or Paul, Paul Hogan? Mate, it's Paul Hogan. Margot Robbie and Kit Rocks. <laughs> Mate, Paul I don't think much think she's that good an actor, to be honest. She's not that good of an actor. Oh, she's good at. To be fair, she's good in Harley Quinn. She did play that very well, but it's a bad movie. Those suicide. If you can, movies. if you can stand up straight and smile, she's a good actor. That's all she all can right. do. All right, let's get into steel. Let's get into <laughs> some Steelers. Um, but we've obviously got this game against the Lions. I'm looking forward to catching up on Hard Knocks after this show. I want to see. You yeah. Know, what they talk about so live chat. Don't give me any spoilers. Um, or try not to. Uh, but at the same time, what Mark and I are going to do for this show, we're going to go through a couple of matchups that we see on the Steelers in their fight for position being really important. Um, and then we're actually going to open up to Q&A. So start thinking about your questions, load them up, because we realize that we sometimes go through our show and all these talking ones, and we never get to Q&A. Um, and the Steelers and BTC won't have Steelers Q&A show this week because we've got a game, so it'll be the post-game show. So um that's my understanding of this the programming schedule anyway so definitely load up some questions um for us but mark this week's game obviously there's been a lot of chat about the quarterback we can go there if you want but what are some of the other positions or or who are some of the other players that you think this week's vitally important for them to cement a, a position oh uh there's so many but how many how many points can i make <laughs> uh a few I don't know. No more than 30 because that's really what the Steelers never seem to go over that amount when they play football. They don't know how to put right. 50 on let's, another team. Let's, let's start with the outside linebacker. I think that's that's uh, the the cutting with um, Janard Avery. I thought he was the best guy on the field besides the, the two blokes. I know. Yeah, I'd rather, mate. We just saw a comment saying, I know which one I'd rather date, Margot Robbie or Paul Hogan. I'm telling you. I'm going Paul Hogan, man. He's a, he's a true hero. That guy's a legend. That guy's um, a, that guy's an absolute hero. What he stood up to our oh, IRS that invaded his privacy, like on, yeah, anyway. Story different time. Anyway, I'm just let's get back to in, let's get in, back to the Steelers. In the films, the guy knows how to take to, you know look at the time by looking at the sun. You know how many people can do that? Well, but but okay, this is a, this is a, let's use the analogy, right? There's that knife analogy from you know all that knife story from yeah from Crocodile Dundee. You call that a knife? This is a knife, That's right? Not a knife. Well. That that's it's kind of a good summary or, or summation or analogy for even the linebacking position, right? Like with Mark Robinson and Devin Bush, right? Like you call that a tackle. This is a tackle kind of thing, right? Like yeah, that's, that's, that's kind a, of where we're at, you know. That's a big analogy. That's not a that's not a middle linebacker. I'm a middle linebacker. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I, if I if, if I'm gonna rate that between Devin Bush and uh Mike Robinson right now. I'm going with Mike Robinson 100 just just based off what he's been happening. But I still think that Devin Bush will make will you know probably make yeah. the, the team. I think it's just going to happen. 
Um, but all the same, did I? Yeah, outside linebacker. I think it's a it's a it's a risky mate. They got rid of Janard Avery and now they're playing Hush, Rashid Hamilcar. Like, uh, which name's his Having first the name? The thing about Hamilcar, like Hamilcar Rashid, is like Junior. Is that he actually had quite a bit of hype coming into him going into the draft, and so like, and that was last year's draft. So I find that kind of interesting in that he's sort of moved around different teams. We talked about on this show before, and I saw it on Twitter, and some people like, if he gets cut, should the Steelers pick up Quincy Roche? And people like, well, if he gets cut by two teams, then maybe he's not good enough anymore. No, maybe they don't know how to use him to open him up more. But like, I go back to that cut. We had that, obviously, that show earlier on in the offseason where we had a laugh around Tuza Skipper and Quincy Roche. But the Steelers can't seem to find this second outside linebacking. No, outside, you know, this, sorry, this third outside line, out linebacker. And this is a bit of a, like, it's not just a bit of a problem. It's a major problem because Alex Highsmith, right? This is his third year, right? They're either going to have to spend a draft pick next year to start some, get an understudy there. Or we're going to have to find some depth at that position. And Derek Tutska, I, I, I don't see that. Like Shannon White talked about in the BTSC Slack channel. Maybe they allow, you know, DeMarvin Leal to do some things on the edge. But yeah, I mean, he's too... Cool. I think he's over 280 pounds now. When he was listed at 270 in the draft process, it kind of made sense. He's kind of a bit big for that role now. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think this is a massive issue at the outside line. Well, I, I, I just thought that – I thought that, you know, Navy was the best player out of out of all the outside linebackers. Um, now, just to, just to clear it up. So, what's his name? Rashad, Rashid is his last name, is it? Yeah, so it's Hamilcar Rashid, even though it's got one oh, okay. junior. Yeah. And apparently he's uh, I saw some reports that he's uh he's starting on the weekend on, on Sunday. Yeah, I'm all for it. As yes, he was someone insane, that I didn't yeah. mind in the draft. I just watched him drop out of that. And I, I I can't remember if there's some backstory around that, but um yeah, I just he just completely dropped out of the you know, the, the sort of the stand like I guess the momentum, whatever you want to call it, like you know, yeah. people dropped out of the hype kind of thing. Do you think that Janard Avery had some personal issues, maybe with the team? That wasn't actually his play. It might have been uh, miscommunication with the, the the front office instead of you know per se that his skill level. Because I thought he got held twice last week. Yeah, so I loved what he did against against um, some of the offensive line last week, and you could see him clearly driving guys back. Um, I I wonder so. I talked about Janard Avery a while back, and I've been building him into as Madden depth pieces for years. He's really good if anyone plays Madden. He's a great depth piece um, because he can play inside and he's got that versatility. And I wonder whether the Steelers said to him, look, come in. You'll be our third outside linebacker, probably. You have to fight for it, but you'll be that. And, you'll, you know, if not, you know, you'll, you'll be that depth chart piece at three and four in the inside linebacker spot, right? Potentially they could have said that. And so he's not real. We haven't seen him. Like I certainly haven't in any clips I've seen in a training camp. I haven't seen him in the preseason lineup at inside linebacker. Like it's been Marcus Robinson, um, Mark Robinson, not Marcus Robinson, Mark Robinson, you know, Buddy Johnson, Devin Bush, Miles Jack. Um, I think mean, it's Rondell Carter, you know, a few other people around the traps. And so I wonder whether he's sort of going, well, hang on. I'm not really getting a run at either position. I want to play. Um, what am I going to, you know, this doesn't really make a lot of sense for me. So I, I guess, you know, that feeds into it as well. Um, 
you know, maybe the Steelers. I mean, it, it goes back to that earlier on in the offseason. They talked about if they're going to get free agents, they wanted the younger guys. And and I think that there's that philosophy on this Steelers team. And I talked about do the Steelers have any ingredients for a dynasty this week on War Room? And you just sort of wonder whether they're like Derek Tutska. They're like, well, you know, at least he can develop. I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't really get the approach. But there are edge rushes available in free agency. Like there's been talk about Trey Flowers, you know, um, Takaris McKinley. I mean, I kind of think it'd be interesting to bring in um, Jeremiah um, Atauchu. I think is how you say his name. He played with the Bears last year. I think he was drafted yeah. into the league by the Chargers. He's, good. he's someone no one talks about, but he's actually done all right throughout the throughout his career. So, I, look, it, they need to find someone at depth that I think has had a bit of experience and that's actually done a few things in the league. Like, you know, Jeremy, the guy I just talked about <clears> there. Oh, sorry, Jeremiah. You know, he's got over 20 sacks, you know, over almost 50 quarterbacks and hits in his career. Like, that's a guy you want to bring in there. It's that experience. Um, you know, they need more than – who was the guy they brought in last year that got drafted after um, TJ Watt? Oh, I'm having a mental blank on his name. No idea. Um, but remember they brought that guy and he was the depth piece through the most of the end of the season. He kind of took over the Cassius Marsh role. Like, he didn't really end up doing anything. Um, and so, I, I just – They've got to they've got to find something at this position. Like, yeah, it, it, to me, it might be one of the weakest positions. And, Taco and Charlton, there you go, there you go, J. Oh, that's right. So, yeah, 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 yeah. And Mark Tobin brings up in the live chase. I I read that they said that he didn't fit their scheme. Is that that's why they cut Janine Avery? But then he also says, Mark says here, I don't believe it. I I, I kind of well, that's what I thought was was odd when he they first got him because he kind of fits more of the four three if you if you're going to play him inside. But then I was like, well, he's quite versatile in what he can do. I think you can make him fit. Like that's why I liked him at outside, but he could go inside and, you know, into coverage or that he could play in a four, three scheme or he might be able to do more in like, you know, a dime or nickel defense. Like I didn't mind it because of how versatile he actually is as a player, but yeah, something's, something's not, not going right there. You know. it, it just seems a bit funny because isn't, isn't Alex Highsmith still a bit, a little bit injured as well. So we have TJ Watt Highsmith, but he's a bit injured, right? So who's going to help out outside linebacker? And those two players can't play the whole 17 games or, you know, so I don't know who's going to fill in. Well, and this is where you you bring up an interesting situation, right? Because I want to throw something devil's advocate out there that just you've got me thinking. We talk about the Steelers trading Mason Rudolph for a draft pick. Oh, he's not worth a fourth or he's not worth a fifth. What if Mason Rudolph got traded for a position? Instead, because like we all sat there and said he's not worth a fourth, he's not worth a fifth, he's mm. not worth a six. But is he worth a player that another team you know might not be able to afford him on the cap, or another team is looking to offload? That that, that, you know, that could happen. It happens. So they, I, I wouldn't put it past me, you know. Right. So this is this is the thing. Like I've said, or I've said at times during this offseason, like I wonder about the Chicago Bears and their backups at quarterback because they got like, I think it's Trevor Simeon and pretty, and yeah, Trevor Simeon and Nathan Peterman, right? What are they really going to do? But if I look at their like outside linebackers, you know, or they, or then they play a four, three anyway, but you've got like Robert Quinn, Travis Gibson's in there, Mario Edwards Jr. Like some of those guys might, I, it depends who the Steelers really like here, but this is going to be the interesting thing, I think. Here's the question that I think we, we faced last year and we kind of tackled it as well with the whole Alulu thing, how they didn't address it the whole year. Is this a similar standpoint where they don't address this right now and it, it, it lingers on the whole time and it's just the, 
The backup play behind TJ Watt and Highsmith is terrible, and it could have been addressed. That's probably the thing where it was frustrating last year with Alulu. They, they only really addressed it about week 15 or what was it, week 11 or something that Montrevious Adams came in, and they had yeah. no plan. They had no plan. And we're all like, oh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. The old Aussie way. And this this is like, well, no, there's, there's a bit of a, you know. Yeah, um, that's right. Like the she'll be right, Nate, attitude that we've before. <laughs> it doesn't work you here, know, She'll right? be right. You know, what's we say, you know, you know, it'll be, it's all good kind of thing. That attitude ain't going to work. That's the problem. No, and we've seen that. That's what I mean. We've seen that with the Alulu stuff. So there has to be, because there's no guys that really stand out for me that are like, okay, behind Highsmith and outside linebacker, there's no real depth. And even to a certain point, um, the bright spark, I think, at middle linebacker is Miles Jack and, and Mark Robinson. I think they're fantastic. But I was just saying that. Fantastic when I say Mark Robinson did a big hit. I've seen nothing else besides that. But it does seem like the linebacking core is a bit scratchy at the moment compared to the big players that are playing. You know so, what I would go do? Um, I would like... I would go... I would trade Mason Rudolph to the Jaguars. Right now, I joked about doing it for Chad Moomer and inside linebacker, but I don't think they'll do it with the first round draft pick. I would go get um, Clavian Chase on. He looked good. He the Jags have never really enjoyed, you know, never thought he'd lived up to the hype, but he I thought he looked good last week. And their backup quarterbacks in Bethard and Perry did nothing. Um, you know, that's where I that's where I'd make the trade. I'd go get Ch- Clavian Chase on to have him as a third guy in that rotation. Would be killer. I love when you bring these guys up and I just have to agree because I have no idea who that is. So I agree. <laughs> well, Clavian Chason came in and was meant <laughs> to be like really, really good. He, you know, that, yeah. And I think it was a first round draft pick. And, um, you know, he's just never really, never really quite got it together. Um, but I thought he, I he looked really good on tape last week. I really did. All yeah, right. he was, he was, he was a, their first round pick in 2020. Can, can I have another go for another, you know, another uh, segment of this, of this show? Am I allowed to have yeah. another position? Can yeah, we can we talk about can we talk about the old receiver room who's going to be fifth and sixth? I really don't know. I think that that's that's a really thing to look out for. I, All I right. So there was a poll to... this week on one. I think Jeremy Betts might have done it. Who or someone? I, I saw someone on it from BTSC, and it was like, who's your fifth or sixth wide receiver? Is it um, Miles Boykin, Tyler Snead, um, or Tyler Horns? Who are you picking? Stephen Sims. Oh, that's right. Steven Sims is oh, on there too. Oshesky, you name them. They're all well, different. Well, Oshesky's going to be players. there as a returner. You, know, you reckon? He's just going to be there. Yeah. Mm. Calvin Austin hasn't played yet, but will he? Will he be? Will he be there? Can't I say one thing. I, I, I said this in one of the shows this week about how many t- return touchdowns Gunnar Rose got me in Madden twenty three. I scored two off the two kickoffs. I didn't. My offense didn't play in the first half in a playoff game because he just shut them down with two return TDs. Man, and I always, I always tell you, you're probably playing on easy. You're probably playing the old, the, the old twelve year olds at it. I'm not, mate. I'm not. No. It's, called, it's called having your own playbook. But anyway, the point, <laughs> the point is, who would you have between Vaughn, Sneed, Sims? Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't know. I think it's the tough decision because if I, I think if it's four, right, Claypool, Deontay, Pickens, and Austin four. Who is yeah. five and six? And do, do they carry seven? Possibly. I don't know. But what I'm saying is I like the player, Stephen Sims. However, that, that play he made, maybe that could be Austin's play in the future. Oh, right? 100%. Not, and not can just, you imagine Austin in that play? Right? It's not just <laughs> him, him that did it. It was a play selection. It was a timing. It was fantastic. The, the defense had no idea about that reverse. So, and he did have a good return, right? So I, I, I get that as we get some, some spam in the chat. 
But what I think is, is even to a certain extent, uh, is it Tyler Vaughn's who caught those, who caught those that uh, the, the, the football from um, yeah. Rudolph the other day? He's yeah. playing pretty well too. And I saw a stat out there on some website on Twitter somewhere that every time he catches a football, he beats a player. Now he's versus yeah, he guys yeah. that, are, that are third and fourth. So he's making a name for himself for the practice squad. And it's like, who will the Steelers bring in at five and six? However, my, my last point on this is, doesn't really matter because you can only get the football to so many people, right? right. The four players, Najee and Frymuth. So the five and six in reality are probably seven and eight going to get the football. But it's still intriguing to see who's going to make this team, I think. Yeah, I mean, I like Sims. I, I do. and But I... It's kind of the thing that tarnishes it for me is like, you know, he came out with a bit of hype through the draft. He did all right at the commanders, but then like he was, you know, let go. And then I get it, but I think they've got other guys that can do that. And I think you can find what he delivers from other people. Um, I, like, and I'm not like, you can find that from free agents. You can find that on practice squads. You can find that around the league if you have to later in the season, because Alston's going to get that. I, to me, it and maybe I'm I'm overdoing the ath- the athletic profile of Miles Boykin, but I just think there's value in having another guy that's like six three plus, you know, two hundred. I, I like him pounds, too, man. I like Boykin as well. I think fast, like knows how to do it. It was in Baltimore. Knows that tough sort of the sort of gritty style. He's making plays on special teams. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do like it there as him as the fifth. This would be a much harder conversation if Anthony Miller was not injured. I kind of would say Boykin five. And then, like, I know they've brought in Gunner O, but, like, even then, like, I, and I know they're going to keep Gunner O on the 53, but in some ways, I'd be putting Gunner O on the – on if you, if you keep a McFarland, I'd be putting Gunner O on the practice squad, and I'd have Tyler yeah. Vaughn's in there at six. Uh, exactly. That, I, I, if, I, if I was a GM and, and I was Tomlin, that's what I'd be doing then. I don't think Gunnar O has a clear, clear shot to make the team just because he's a returner. I think there's a yeah. big chance that there could be a Miles Boykin or Stephen Sims or Miles Boykin and, and Vaughn's, right? I think Vaughn's has played outstanding. Uh, and it was against the fourth stringers, but he, he looks like a football player. Like I said, like a risk, like a good receiver. That's you know what, what I mean. Saying? You want to just do that flyer on him? Like You just want to see. Yeah. Like... He's got the mad number too, man. The 80, the old Plexico Burris number. He looks kind of cool out there. But like, I, I think out of all these receivers, I think Boykin might be the best chance to make it because he does play the gunner on teams. He's talked about how he likes playing that. Mike Tomlin likes the guy. So I think he will stay there. But then do they just keep Oshesky there, but it also depends on Trubisky and Kenny Pickett. Who do they link up with, right? Can I throw a wild card out there? I'll throw a wild card out there. If I was the, right now, based on what I've seen, I'm not saying Steel's going to do this. I'm just throwing a hypothetical out there. If I if I was a GM and I was Tomlin, bye-bye Derek Watt, right? TJ signed up. We don't need him on the roster anymore. Haywood goes into fullback, and then you move Claypool, to and I'm using the quote in you know quotation marks to mm-hmm. tight end like Kyle Pitts, right? Because mm-hmm. he's plus 230 pounds, right? Mm-hmm. And then you can keep Gunner if you want, or you can keep Boykin and Vaughn's, and you've got the five wide receivers, but you're flexing Claypool out because Claypool's not winning enough and and you know, combat catches on the edge of the on the edge, right? And I know people say, Well, how's he gonna win that at tight end? He doesn't need to, he just needs to go in the middle and down the sink, like 
and just basically go down like a slot receiver as well. So you could flex him in the slot or you can get him moving like, you know, doing out routes as well. Well, breaking BTSC news here. I actually saw a story on CBS Sports Pittsburgh and they rated the, all the AFC North, like the offense and defense. And apparently AFC North, uh, Claypool was was rated number one at flex. So he was in that. There you go. Like they had, had the receivers and they put him at flex. Now, that is a great idea. Will the Pittsburgh Steelers do it? No. Well, I don't know. Like, I've seen more hype around does Derek Watt make the roster? Well, you can save money with him. I hope yeah. that happens because that would be fantastic. You can then you can then keep the guys you want as receivers. Claypool could be that third tight end or whatever, you know, the flex guy. Fantastic. And and, and Haywood can play. As if Claypool doesn't offer more in this offense than what Ebron offered them. Big time. Big time. So I would love to see that. And then you can keep the the Boykin, Oshesky, and Sim. Like Claypool on a drag route over the like with the safety that's come into the box. <laughs> Good luck. Do you think do you think that's a that's a possibility that, that will happen though? Because you because the, the big ticket is you need to cut Derek Watt. And we still don't know why. If you cut, the thing is, if you cut Derek Watt, think about the, think about the, just the, and I know they've still got to catch the ball, but think about the size of the team. You got George Pickens is your number two receiver, right? Then you got Boykin as your, your your next big wide receiver. You've got Claypool, Freemuth, Gentry in your tight end yeah. group, right? Mate, who needs who needs an O line? We got all the receivers. <laughs> Mate, like Kenny just lob it up in the air. It's like <laughs> at that point, it's basketball. It's like alley oop stuff. Like they could I, do the I, old, and I know the... it's a lot more complicated than that. <laughs> but how many like these guys just with their mass need two guys to mark up on them to stop them, mate? You know what like, they should do? You know what the cheerleaders do when the the, the the men hoist the women up like the big you know big jump like that? They should do that. They should get like Gentry hoist up Claypool, so it's like it's like sixteen feet in the air. To get a 100%. touchdown, but no. In all seriousness, it's not a bad idea. Why can't they cut what? I don't understand why what's still on team. I was with, I was like you defending him the first year, but it's a point now. He hasn't even played a preseason game. Is he going to play tomorrow uh, in two days' time? Silence. <laughs> he's not know, playing. Put him on injured reserve now for the season. He's stuck there. Then, then that I don't know. I can't remember like how much that frees the cap up in that situation. And we don't even like, use fullback anyway. If Haywood could could play fullback and do that kind of role, we're not even using the fullback. Like, what is he doing? I start, I do not understand. I like I like your your analogy. Put Claypool in the flex receiver tight end role. Uh, bring in uh, Haywood. What if I told you Indeed Derek to- Watt was the eleventh highest paid? On yeah, it's, I saw it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. How do you not play? TJ Watt has had more playing time than Derek Watt on the field. And at some point, like Tomlin, tell the fans why. <laughs> what's, what's the role? But also, we don't we haven't used a fullback a lot of the time, right? So why not? Why not have you know, um, why not have Haywood go in there? You can Haywood in special teams, Boykin in special teams, you know, Mark Mark Robinson in, in, in special teams, like. We can find that, um, you know, and someone in the gender on the live chat talked about Marcus Allen. I, I just don't have the energy for that. <laughs> I'm just going to go nuts if we have to deal with that today. No, that's just not happening. He he and Derek, two for one deal, flight sail out of out of Pittsburgh. <laughs> Getting the old the old cheap seats out of Pittsburgh. I, I really don't understand. Like if if we saw him on the field, sure, maybe we we could contend with why why he's on the roster. But he just doesn't do anything on the roster, and I think as for me as a fan, TJ perspective, not a coach, brother and doing say, something, mate. TJ should just go up to his brother and say, "Mate, I've got 156. I will just 
Exactly. Exactly. So why not use the fullback <laughs> position, inverted quotes, like the quotation marks, like why not use the fullback position to house a fourth tight end? You've got to let our audio listeners know what's going on. So Maddie is referring to here, as we bring up a comment from Thaddeus on live chat, Steelers used the fullback 7% of the plays last season. And I do like the notion of what you just said. Claypool at the tight end flex, then you, then you can keep one of the good receivers and, you know, I think have a, have a better time on the offense. But the why why is he still here? I don't know. I don't all right, know. all right. Let, let's have some fun with this. Aaron Sharp on Facebook says... Um, oh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> Double clicking. They simply love him on special teams, and that's that. That's what they value. He's not going anywhere, right or right or not. Okay, I, I, and that's a really good point. You know, it's the same. But we hear the same thing about Snell. So, if everyone in the live chat, I want to ask. I'm going to ask a question, and you just put a Y for yay or an N for no. Do you think the Steelers overdo this? They can help on special teams. Point. Now, I, I'm not. I'll clarify this. I'm not saying especially for those on the audio side who can't participate. I'm not saying it's not worth considering. I'm not saying special teams, you can, you, you know, you, yes, you need to make sure you can perform on special teams. That's the difference in, for a lot of teams in whether they win or lose. But every we justify all these players are staying on the roster, whether it's Snell or Watt or Marcus Allen or, you know, think, I don't know, you, you've probably got more players you can list off, Mark, and you just sit there and you're like, okay, what else are you doing? Exactly. We, we justify them for, for not being on the field or for playing poorly on at their position, at their, at, their, their, at their specified position. It's not special teams football, you know what I mean? It's gridiron. It's offense versus defense. So I, I'm a, I, I think, yes, I think that why is Derek Watt on the roster if you're not going to play him, right? Why is Benny Snell on the roster if he runs minus two carries? Give the job to Jalen Warren and move on. Let's go. This is this is the point I think they're really missing out on these ideas. And yes, I'm not a coach. But it's like what I've said for years uh, with like the Steve Smith and, and and Antonio Brown's an example of it on our own team. The six wide receiver is the developmental guy that you get late in the draft or even as an undrafted rookie free agent, and you get him taking punt and kickoffs, right? Now, and in many cases, like, yes, Tyler Vaughn was drafted in 2021, but I'm like, can Tyler Vaughn's do that? That's what he should do. Right, if McFarlane's going to make this roster after being injured and doing nothing for a few years, and yes, he's cheap because it was a fourth round draft pick and he's still on the rookie deal, then you do that. But this constant—I mean, the other thing too about the return position, which is why I think Gunner O's spot is more up in the air than what people realize—is half the time it's going for touchbacks anyway. You're not yep. even returning it. It's a whole different game now. The, the kick returns a whole different game. Punt returns different as well because these these guys too on special teams have got much better on 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 punt coverage. Have you noticed that over the last few years? There's no more. There's no more Devin Hester's man. It doesn't happen as much as it as it used to. Exactly because they, they, they don't want it to happen because of the concussions. The league is scheming that they league is scheming that out of the game. But yeah, like you know, true. let's go to live chat. What did they say? Aaron Sharp, yes. Mark Tobin, yes. They do overdo it. Um, C-Mac, yes. What is not used properly since day one? He's here because TJ wants him here, just like Cam's brother. I, no, I think I think Connor's actually going to be really good for the Steelers. Ken Boyle, yes, they do. JJ52 said, what's the poll question? Um, you he, know, said, he, said, he said, well, <laughs> he said already, before, he responded to JJ52. <laughs> yeah, he said before, yeah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Darkstorm said, yes, but I sometimes question how high a priority they place on certain players sometimes. Me here on my couch. And that's it. Yeah, I get we're playing couch and armchair GM. But it, when you, like, a lot of our listeners 
have been following the game longer than even you and I have. And you and mm-hmm. I have been following it like 20 years plus now. 20 years. So, you know, you, you eventually after a certain amount of football, while we're not, I'm not saying what, you know, anyone here's in quality, the, you know, GM of the Pittsburgh Steelers and Omar Khan or Mike Tomlin, you start to realize what works and what doesn't. Oh, you can you can see it. That's why we are, I guess, like super fans and whatnot. And, you, and what I want to see is Derek Watt on the field. And I want to see some fullback play. But we don't see that. So we're not going to use him. Not going to use him. You can't just have him be a fullback. Other than that, I, I don't exactly. understand. Like, I, I just even Ken Ball says like forty years. Man, like, I just don't understand. If you're going to play, have him as a fullback, you could use Connor Hayward there in sparingly because Najee obviously didn't need it last year a seven percent fullback play. And the notion of like, oh, they're good on special teams, right? How many big plays do they make on special teams besides? But do you hear that from? Offense? Do you hear that? How many other teams do you hear that from? No. Now, <laughs> exactly. Now, yes, the Steelers are one of the most winningest football teams. But, like, it's hard to walk away from the fact that we haven't won the playoff games. Like, you know, we, and I just, I, I don't know. I just sitting there, I'm like, imagine your offense where you don't, we don't even have to, like, we're debating right now over, like, a Boykin, a Sims, a Vaughn's at the yep. wide receiver position, who have all shown us something this preseason and mm-hmm. shown us more than what Derek Watts shown. And you're gonna and you're gonna cut one of them. You're gonna and cut you're gonna one, cut of, one of them to keep Derek Watt at a guy two million you don't plus use. a year. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you, but I don't think they will. For some reason, I don't think the Steelers are gonna cut. and they won't. And they won't cut what. They just won't do it's it, just... and I'll sit him on the sidelines, and I'll get their two or three tackles on the special teams. Now, Snell made a big tackle on that uh, punt return, right? But if you get the guy in the right position, anyone else can make that tackle if they're trained the right way, if they're, if they're you know, uh, if they're, if they're schemed the right way. So it's not – and even that even that rowdy caught in the backfield too, any other running back could have made that that catch. Uh, Jalen Warren could have made it. Harris but I'd rather it, keep so. Snell. I'd rather keep Snell, right, as the fourth running back to do things on special teams than keep Derek Watt. Oh yeah, I'd rather keep Snell than Watt. I think, I think, I think there's a time because because the big thing is why did we bring in Watt? He was doing doing more things in the Charger land, wasn't he? Than than the Pittsburgh Steelers. He got more uh, a lesser role with the, the Steelers, and it's like they feature him so much in the media too, like the social media side of the Steelers, and that makes me wonder that they're going to keep him. Look because at why would Mark, you feature- Yeah, but look at what um. You know, Aaron Sharp says playing a fullback should help a weak O-line, yay or nay. I would love to see them employ a fullback much more for that. I, I agree, but I, I don't think that's going to help this problem because that the, by the time the fullback starts going, the inside rush is already there, broken through the offensive line. And as you know, if you're going to obliterate a center and an inside and a guard, you're probably going to like <laughs> obliterate the fullback unless we've got Patrick Ricard, who's like almost 300 pounds from the Ravens who they, you know, I was really disappointed the Ravens re-signed because he would have been someone I would love to have gone after. But Mark Tobin says it. The Rams and the Bengals are in the Super Bowl because they had had dogs on offense and defense, not special teams. And then he followed that up with, ask yourself this, does it really matter if you give Brady or Mahomes the ball on the one-yard line with all the weapons they have? Exactly. Okay, so so with Derek Watt, I just found in 2021 – he made 16 tackles on special teams. So are all those defenders saying he's good on special teams. That's one tackle a game. Is that worth it? Mate, you tell me. $4.7 million this year. That's one tackle a a game. That that to me is not worth it. So he he had no splash plays at all on defensive side. 2021, 10 solo, four assists, zero sacks, zero forced fumbles, nothing like that. Uh, and did absolutely, I guess, nothing. So to me, it is not worth it. I would rather 
do what your idea was and keep a receiver and change the offense so it's going to be uh, you know, more free-flowing than we would normally have. What doesn't bring anything to this team? And it makes me scratch my head every time. Exactly. What I, You're not actually changing the team anyway. Like, you're keeping the guys you wanted to, but you're keeping a wide receiver that's going to do something. And Boykin can play on special teams. If you keep Snell, he's playing on special teams. Mark Robinson's obviously going to have to make his name for himself on special teams. Like, we've got enough people. How many people can play special teams? Right? Like... Maybe You've got the kicker or the punter on the field, mate. Yeah. Like, there's only 10 spots. <laughs> it, it, it's a question that I really can't answer because I, I was defending him last year, but it's like, I think we've talked about enough. We've been talking about Derek Watt for ages. Do you have anything else? <laughs> well, I wanted to open up the Q&A. So everyone, ask, go and ask five questions away. But while you do that, I've got one other spot. We've, spent, Steve... more, we've spent more time talking about Derek Watt than he's been on the field. Jesus. That's yeah, bad. Bob's. Um... <laughs> Well, while we wait for some questions um, for the last 10, 15 minutes, I, the um, other position I want to talk about was like Pierre, Platel, and right. Steele. Mm. I'm dying for Chris Steele to make this roster. He's got a cool name, but he's, he's 6'2". He's a big tackler out of USC. Um, he's someone I thought would go in the sixth round of the draft. I know I've said that a billion times now this offseason. I think the guy can play. I'll, I'll just, I want to see him prove it this week against the Lions. Has he, I, I haven't been noticing too much. Has he done that much with the Steelers? And been they haven't been playing. Like, I, I know he's done a bit at training, like in the, at the training camp and stuff, but they haven't had him on the field that much, which, you know, but he's someone that even off the practice squad, you know, I think if we could keep him there for a year and develop him, he's someone that could really turn into something special. I got, I got more. Uh, confidence in him turning out to be something than James Pierre. I'm done with Pierre. But I've been right. done with Pierre for a long time. <laughs> well, there's another guy too, right, that's still on the roster, I guess, but maybe he might be cut too. It's going to be, I think this this whole cut process after the game is going to tell us a lot, a lot to do this season in my reality. So we'll see it. We'll see what happens. Exactly. Well, Kuda says really next week they have to release 11 players, keep 53, sign 16 on the practice squad. Ah, JJ52, what's the best ice cream flavor? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, yeah. what do you got for there? me? Oh, you know what? You know what's really good? Was it the car- caramel with like salted caramel sometimes pretty good? Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I do like sometimes a bit of a mint, but then like I often often I'll hear that mint. mint, yeah. Yeah, but do you ever hear that meme? It's like just like eating eating toothpaste, you know? Um, it's not not a good what's chocolate a, mint. What's another good one? What's, what's your you know, other favorite? Yeah, so it's hard because when I, before I, you know, um, got worse with gluten, I like, like, I can't eat gluten. My favorite was always like, I, I, not my favorite, I liked cookies and cream a lot, but Belgian chocolate was my favorite. Um, but my favorite gelato, because gelato is different to ice cream, is hazelnut gelato, man. Hazelnut gelato. That stuff's the bomb, man. <laughs> JJ52 was like, well, thought they'd ignore that. Mate, JJ52, you mustn't have been here for the pizza podcast. You got to go oh. back and listen to the pizza podcast. Bring We're that a podcast back. where we got derailed for half an hour talking about pizza. Well, you know what? Pizza's my favorite food. I, I think it is. It has to be. I had one the All other right. day. I had... Oh, what's up? I was going to ask you what Ken, Ken Boyle, who's, you know, how many games does, MVP of the does, live chat today? does Mitch get before Kenny? Um, I guess it's how, how many games does Mitch get before Kenny? So he's so he's saying that Kenny's starting. Well, he's saying that Kenny will start. I'm not sure. 
I think whoever starts, I think Trubisky will start in probably, yeah, probably about 15, 14 games. And then Mike Tomlin one week is going to come around and say, you've got a sore shoulder and then start, <laughs> and then start Kenny. <laughs> I... I've seen that before. I don't know. I don't know whether so obviously so three games would be that means that Trubisky plays on the short week between the Sunday and from the um Patriots game into the Browns game. Then they've got the New York Jets. So he's suggesting that 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 Kenny would start at home against the Jets, right? But good. then they go away to Buffalo and then they come back home to Tampa and then they play Miami at Miami. I kind of think they want to get through the Buffalo game. Probably because Buffalo is going to have a good defense and you're playing at Buffalo. Yes, it's warmer. It's not colder yet. Um, but against Josh Allen and like scrambling stuff like that, I kind of think, and Von Miller and that, I think they're, I think it's weeks. I think it's weeks. If it's not, it's either week six at the earliest, unless he wins the job outright to start the season or it's, it's New Orleans at home in week 10. So what are your thoughts on, on this notion? Cause we're just near the end of the show. But what are your thoughts on, are you, are you playing the best player being Kenny Pickett? And, and not worrying about him getting killed behind the O-line because he gives he might give us the best chance to win. Um I am. I say I say play the best guy. And that, that Kenny looks the best right now. Yeah, so I mean just in response to Mark Tobin's comment about if the Raiders cut leather would then we'd be stupid not to bring him in. Absolutely stupid not to bring him in. Um yeah, I well I talked about this a lot on War Room. Um, not to hype that one up too much, but you know, I, I talked about for the first 10 minutes about why Tomlin can't win. And it's not because he can't win in, on the football in terms of their record, but it's no matter what he does, someone is going to say he made the wrong decision, right? And and I talked about through that. So I actually do invite you to go back and listen to just even the first 10 minutes of War Room where I talked that all through in that process, because otherwise I'll spend 10 minutes talking about it and not, um, you know, still be trying to answer the question when we've got to sign off the show. But the crux of where I'm feeling right now is I don't I worry about this O-line in front of Kenny. And it's not just getting Kenny killed, it's the seeing ghost stuff. And I was saying this like you know, way before it starts to become a bit mainstream, right? But why you want Kenny. This is the this is the problem, is you want Kenny to play at some point this season and ride off the confidence that he's built of being the first quarterback drafted all the draft hype around him, a good senior bowl, good draft process, development through, you know, OTAs, rookie minicamp, OTAs, training camp, then through the preseason. You want to build off that hype. If he doesn't play this year, I think that becomes a bit of a problem. Like it's not that he's going to get rusty, but it's a bit of a, I, I think that affects the confidence. But if you put him out there too early and he's scrambling for his life, we may never get to see the Kenny Pickett that could have been. And that's the conund- like that is the conundrum. Um, that is why I think it is worth waiting three, four, six, nine weeks for the O-line to level out in terms of their cohesion, to work out who's you know, who's going to play well, who's not, to acquire another player if you've got to acquire another player um, and integrate them into the team. I think Kenny Pickett is the best. You know, if we had a half-decent O-line in the top 20 in the league, as I, as I think I said on was what exactly what I said on War Room this week or in the B2C Slack channel. If you had a top 20 in the league O line, you start Kenny Pickett week one for me. You do. But we don't have that. Mm. I, I just I, I just kind of find a few things funny where 
you know, if someone, if, if we say that Trubisky, we're going to wait until he gets bad and then things go terrible, then, then put Kenny Pickett in, right? I just want to say, well, I think you play the best guy no matter what. No matter how the O-line is, I think you play the best guy. And we've seen that in preseason. And to me, I think this week would be kind of interesting to see the quarterback battle. Trubisky starting, okay. starting and then Pickett. Well, I want to throw, I want to throw that another one. Like, um, and appreciate the love in the live chat, um, Jeremiah, as well. Appreciate that. Like, I really, really do. And Peanut Brooks, yes, I think the NFL should go back to playing games in Australia, not just damn LA. Like, uh, you know, no way. It, but I disagree. I know we can debate that now in the next week's show when it's the bye week. <laughs> um, you know, we'll have a proper debate. Speaker one and speaker two. And now for oh, we've, the done, closing we've, arguments. we've done it before. But if you go back to June done. 2020, we there are arguments there. But <laughs> is that when it was, June 2020? I, I have no idea. <laughs> I was like, geez, that's a good memory. You could be a quarterback with that memory. Um, oh, no. But but uh, what the question I was going to throw out to you was, if they really if they really suck, like, let's say they stink, right? Like the, the team overall, uh, one and four is Mark Tobin throughout there and the O-line's running around and they haven't traded Mason. Even then, I'm probably not throwing Kenny to the wolves. I'm probably putting Mason in to, to save Kenny Pickett. Like, are you gonna are you gonna throw Kenny out there for that? Like, I, I don't know. I think I think on the flip side though, I think if if Kenny comes in to be the hometown hero, because you saw how excited they were, maybe the team would rally behind Kenny Kenny Pickett I, more I, than I anyone else. I completely agree. I completely yeah. agree. I just don't. I don't think you can do. If you're gonna if you're gonna play that logic, he has to start a home game. Right, so it's Jets in week three. It's Jets in week four, as as I think it was Ken Boyle pointed out. It's um, Tampa in week six, and then I think the next one is New Orleans after the bye. Um, well, there's so, Patriots. Patriots week two. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. I no, wouldn't no, be I wouldn't throw him to the Patriots. Belichick will have a field day. I wouldn't do that. I'm just saying, man. I wouldn't be surprised if Kenny does start. I'm not saying that he will. I think it's still but, but, risky. But also, the saying. problem with the Patriots game is that then he would have to back up four and a half, five days later for the Browns. And that's too, they're not going to want to do that to him. They're not going to, they're not going to have him play away, come home and start against the Browns in week three on a Thursday night. They're just not going to do that to him. If he's the best player, I don't think we treat him like a kid. I think we put him out there. No, but if he's the best player, right? If he, if he kills it this week and Trubisky does really poorly, Right, then Kenny, he's starting week Kenny, one. I, my, what I've been talking about is if I'm talking about is if he doesn't start week one. That's what I'm saying. Well, we'll see, man. We'll see. I'm glad we had this show because we'll see. We spent... not, I want to, I want to see him, but the only yeah, thing, I know, I know, I know, I know. I agree. Thing, I'm a fan of Kenny Pickett. I think Kenny Pickett's the guy for the decade. I think he's going to win us the Super Bowl. Like, or he's the best How thing fun that we've would have had since Ben in Kenny versus, Kenny versus Joe Burrow, man. Kenny versus Joe Burrow, week one. I know. Let's go. I know. I love. I, I can't wait, but <laughs> but I am worried about this O line, man. Yeah. Well, they should put what at the O line. You know what? Center, you know what? Center. Yeah, and maybe they should give Kenny weapons. If they're not going to cut Derek Watt, then mm-hmm. don't play Kenny at quarterback to start the season because you need to give him weapons. You need as many weapons as you possibly can get. Just put Watt at quarterback. Be right. Can you imagine how slow that wildcat would be? You'd get tackled for a 30 <laughs> Oh, man. No, it's, um, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see what – because I think we're going to find out in the next few days, right? We're going to find out what the direction is because Coach Tomlin has to probably name a starter soon enough. 
JJ52 says, are there any long snappers in the Hall of Fame? And my response is, I, I think know. Christian I th- think Christian Kuntz is in the um, Urban Dictionary Hall of Fame. He's in my Hall of Fame. He's my favorite <laughs> player. Uh, awesome. Do you have a score prediction for this week's game? I, th- I actually think we're, I think we're going to lose. I think we have to lose one. So I haven't I got, there's, no, there's, there's no logic behind it. I just think we have to lose one preseason game. So I'm going to go Lions 28 to Steelers 23. 23? Nah, that's weird. Yeah, 23, that would do. <laughs> no, 23 can happen. That's okay. two touchdowns and three field goals. Yeah, that would do. Okay. Yeah. Nice one. So I think we lose. We have to lose one of them, I think, because otherwise we're the preseason champions, and that's bad. We don't want to be that. And then I just want to say one final thing. Did you hear Jordan Berry got cut? Yeah, I did. He's coming back home to Australia. <laughs> Is he? Uh, I don't know. He's had his time, man. He's he's played what his seven average years is league. higher than his average is yeah. higher than Percy Harvin. I'm just saying. Not he Percy might he Harvin, might find um, another job. Percy to be Harvin. honest, he might find. Ah, uh, he will. He'll find another job in an indoor. He's got to like he had a really good average. He was a top six punter last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, that's good yeah. news. All right, mate. <laughs> well, that wraps up this week's Steelers touch down under. Uh, stay, guys, stay around. Uh, Tony Duffy will be on in a matter of hours. Um, go get another cold one or whatever you like to do on your Friday night in the US. Um, if you're listening on the audio side, well, you've got another show to download if you're going on a long walk or something like that. Uh, but Marky D, as always, go still. Oh, how it rips me, but love makes me live for tomorrow.